Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of Burn Nick, and with me today, we have Barry Stein of the Cigar Authority. How you doing, Barry? I'm above ground, so today's a good day. That's a plus. I mean, you know, that's that's definitely a plus. Um, you know, that's a sign that you know you're old when you start throwing shit like that out there. <laughs> I know, I know. I it's like I woke up today. I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's like yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah that's that's. Hey, that I'm, I'm closer to being a cranky old man than being a young buck these days. So, <laughs> well, you know, just embrace it. It's fine. I mean, look at look Clint Eastwood. He's been a cranky old man for a long time, and people still love him. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, so today we're going to be smoking a uh, cigar, the Don Lino Africa, and you know about this cigar a little bit, right? Yeah. So this cigar actually went away just as I started working for Miami Cigar, and it came back after I left Miami Cigar. Oh, okay. Um, so I know it from the leftovers, and I know it from the rebirth. <laughs> okay. Well, I I don't know what size you have, but I have the Mila Toro. It is a five and a half by fifty four, featuring and this this information, mind you, comes from twoguys.com dot com. Here, it features a Habano two thousand wrapper from Ecuador, an authentic African Cameroon binder with Piloto Dominicano Ometepe Jalap yeah Jalapa and Esteli fillers. Nailed it. See, there you, I mean, I would hope so. I mean, I got it off. <laughs> the two guys <laughs> and i'm glad you read past the typos because i'm famous for them there you, well see i can't say anything man i own a newspaper i my my readers play the game of uh find the typo every week you know it's yeah. uh just one of the, there's no prize but they they always find it no nah, so. i leave it there for you know for fun and games yeah that's it i just leave it there it's on mm. purpose <laughs> Anyway, I've been saying that for 15 years, so just go with it. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and cut the cigar, and the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And uh, Dan the Man, he's getting in all kinds of fun stuff. In fact, just today, I got a text message from Miss Cindy about some new lighters and cutters and everything that Dan's getting in over there. He's got a pretty fancy little Vertigo lighter. I don't I, um, you got you may know the name of it. I don't know. It's um, a little two jet deal where the two jets come together into one flame, and it's got a V cutter in the side. Uh, yeah, I don't know it off the top of my head, but we featured it on the Cigar Authority. I was, you know, saying. there's like there's like forty different SKUs, and it's hard to remember all their names. Yeah, it's a two jet lighter with the V cutter that works. There you go. But it looks pretty cool, and you can get yours over there, at Riverman Cigar Company, right now. He's got them on the counter and for sale right now and then he's also getting in all kinds of fun cigars uh there were a lot of orders that were placed just prior to the trade show and that stuff's starting to roll in and everything so guys make sure if you're in the st louis area you swing by riverman cigar company and if you're not in the st louis area you can always give dan a call and he will do mail order he'll ship out uh individual cigars boxes accessories all kinds of fun stuff so that's riverman cigar company of crestwood missouri and with that it's time to go ahead and cut the cigar Hey, I mean, you know, 
I guess I should let you do it, considering I ripped it off of you guys. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole show's a rip off, but we love it. <laughs> I, okay, now that we're on that, I'm, I'm, I'm firing right from the get. No, no, right now we're on this subject real quick. I want to, I want to bring up a, a little point of that. You know, this has been this has been stated before, and you know that's fine. We take it in good fun, but uh, yeah, that's what it's meant as. Oh, I know, I know, but uh, what's up with the confessional? You encroaching on my church territory here? <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, I got, that's Dave and Mickey Peg, and it was either that or coming up with you got pegged, and I was not comfortable <laughs> that. See, I figured that would have been more up your well, maybe not your alley, maybe uh, hey. Jonathan's alley. You you make I the thought it, you said it. You make the jokes, but you know, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> so okay, so we got the Don Lino Africa here. So did you? What size did are you? Are we both the five and a half by fifty four here? Or? I'm smoking the Robusto. Okay. Um, the Pundamia might be the Toro. Okay. Um, it just you know, I I hate that about cigar companies. Just call them what they are. Yeah. Come up with these these names because you know it, it. My brain's full. I can't remember <laughs> anything more. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Robusto, Toro, Corona, Gorda, Churchill, Gordo. Stick with the stuff that's easy to remember. Well, and even Perfecto, which kind of encompasses so many different things. Now you've got, you know, just all kinds of different names for, for different Perfectos. So, yeah. yeah. And the consumer can't even remember the name of their cigar, let alone, like, you know, a Fandango name for the, the size. <laughs> just keep it simple. Exactly. All right. Well, on the cold draw. French vanilla. I, I'm getting sweetness, so I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, I'll admit. Um, so, okay. So, my palate has, it should be fairly clean considering I haven't really eaten much of anything in the last couple of days because, uh, boy, something got a hold of me and uh, just, just ripped me apart. But, you know, <laughs> so I haven't, <laughs> hey, it's been a lot of bland food the last two days, but, you know, that's all right. But no, I, I'm definitely picking up a sweetness to it. Yeah. And that's from the Cameroon binder. Okay. I mean, one, one Cameroon tobacco is synonymous with being sweet. Um, so that's what you're getting that sweetness from. All right. Well, I don't know. Are you, are you can feel free to do a cold retro hail. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna pass. I'm gonna go I'll ahead pass. and light up because I, I haven't had a cigar yet today, and by God, I want one. So, so Barry, it's been a while since you've been on. How the hell are you doing? Um, uh, you know, I'm doing well. I got no complaints. Life is good. About to become a grandfather. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, still loving my gig at twoguyscigars.com and being a part of the Cigar Authority and any opinion that flies out of my mouth tonight is uh, not a reflection on them. It's a reflection on me. All right. Good throw ca- that disclaimer good, out. Yeah, good, throw that disclaimer out right at the beginning. Good caveat to throw out in the beginning there. So, mm-hmm. Well, now, Dave just got back from PCA, and one of the things I want to talk about with you tonight uh, is kind of, you know, some of the stuff that got in uh, revealed to PCA, you know, kind of what you're looking forward to. You know, I mean, we can go, th- we don't need to go through like everything that got revealed, but I want to know what you're looking forward to. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've gotten really big. I've been big into Rojas since before anybody really knew who Noel Rojas was. You know, I ran into him in Miami. I barely spoke Spanish. 
he probably spoke even less English <laughs> and we bonded over cigars and a porn star. But that's another story for another time. All right. Um, but uh, so I'm looking forward to uh, Rojas Unfinished Business and uh, I'm looking forward to the Rojas KSG, uh, which drops tomorrow or two days ago, because I think you said this is going to be a Friday. Yeah, show. this is Friday. So, yeah. So, yeah. So two days ago. So. Yeah, the Rojas KSG, it sold out already. You're too late to the game. <laughs> uh, and I'm looking forward to the Street Taco Carnitas, which is the uh, the Street Taco with the Connecticut wrapper. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking forward to all three things, Rojas. Uh, I'm looking forward to Olmec from Foundation Cigar Company. Um, I'm looking forward to the Aventura La, La Rona, uh, which the buyer at Two Guys uh, Smoke Shop, twoguyscigars.com labeled his best cigar that he smoked for the first time at the show. Ooh. And, and, I, and I put it that way because we've gotten to smoke the Red Anchor, which is the thing I'm looking forward to the most. It's limited. Um, it's from, uh, you know, I think it's Henke Kellner, the, the boutique factory that he has going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very small production. Uh, that was epic. Um, it's going to have a little bit of a higher price tag. So, you know, it's not something I'm going to be able to smoke a lot of. Um, but I'm definitely looking forward to that. And, you know, I'm even looking forward to the edge 20th anniversary. Cause when I first started smoking cigars back in the late nineties, you know, the cigar store I, I was partners in, we used to get these, uh, these, um, hundred count trays. And when they first came out, they had no band, no foot band, no nothing. And people would grab them by the handful and we had like this small 400 square foot shop and we were one of the biggest retailers of, of the edge. So I'm looking forward to see if they can recapture some of that magic and how it compares to a cigar I've smoked thousands of and see if it can, you know, rekindle some of that magic. Cause that cigar played a part to my, my cigar journey. It was one of the first cigars I became, uh, religious, religious to, you know, it, it was, you know, it's it, and it's it's weird because, like, you know, now I'm at the point where I'm not loyal to anything really. I'm all over the place. I'm a I'm a retailer's worst nightmare. I'm a <laughs> manufacturer's worst nightmare because you know, outside of three or four cigars that are in my regular rotation, if I smoke fifty cigars a week, and that's not an exaggeration, forty to forty five of them, well, forty of them are repeat are only one, and then the other five I'm smoking two of. Okay. So, you know, Nesta Miranda, the, the special selection Connecticut um, that, that came out a little bit before the show uh, to some top accounts. They released it at PCA uh, for the masses. You know, that's one of the cigars I'll smoke two a week, sometimes three a week. Uh, but those are the cigars I'm looking forward to the most. You know, I'm actually, I'm not a Connecticut guy that much anymore, but I'm looking really forward to the Peace and Athesia uh, from uh, from Ozinger and we smoked it on the show this week and it was something that Dave didn't look at to buy and I raved about it and we pulled the tr trigger pull show on it uh, and to me it's a throwback to the old CAO gold which was a mild cigar but it was such an important part uh, of the late 90s early 2000s until they sold the company um, that I'm curious to see if he can recreate some of that magic I heard you talking about that one and I'm definitely interested in trying that one myself um the uh the red anchors definitely on my list um 
obviously, you know, I've already had the Aladino Classic. That was released, you know, limited beforehand and then, you know, available to everybody at the show. Um, I think, uh, what is the one that Oliva announced that they've got uh, EP Carrillo and and uh, Julio Roa doing? Yeah, and that's a throwback to uh, to to a company um, that didn't exist anymore, and they wound up buying the trademark. And um, I'm going through my notes just before I spit out uh, Cuba yeah. Aladeos. Okay, you know, and they bought the trademark rights from the Reyes family, and there's going to be two versions made. One's going to be made by our friends over at JRE Tobacco, and then the other one's going to be made by EP Caillo. And you you know, Dave loves conspiracy theories. You know, we do this show every oh, year, yeah. you know, who's going to be bought out and what have you. But Oliva is one of the bigger cigar companies out there. For them to go to Honduras, to JRE, and the EP Caillo in the Dominican Republic, uh, you know, there might be future fodder for the uh, for the for the sh- <laughs> show we do every March. I always look forward to that show because I like the conspiracies. I don't, you know, I I know Dave says that he gets some right. I wish, you know, pass this up the chain. I wish he would recap before he does that year's you know predictions. Kind of go back and recap. Like this is what I got right before, you know. Because he says he gets stuff right, and I'm sure he does. Yeah, it usually takes but... it usually takes two or three years, and then we can go back and yeah, he said it. But you know, you, you hear rumblings, and sometimes they come true, sometimes they don't. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's any rumblings right now about EPKEO that I know about, or definitely about JRE that I know about. Yeah. Um, but it, it's interesting to see a a big player like Jay Cortez who owns Oliva to go outside their own factory because that's going to cost them more to make the cigar. Oh, for sure. So what's the, what's the purpose? No, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Um, now one of the things that I did want to talk to you about, uh, regarding the PCA show is, um, I know, gosh, when was this? Maybe a couple months back, not even a couple months back. Uh, Dave talked on your show uh, about cigar media, and His show. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's the conglomerate show. I'll I'll include you in the your. You know, I, I'm along for the ride, but I appreciate that. Okay, all right. Well, um, he, he talked about that on the show about cigar media and kind of his view of what was and what wasn't cigar media, and. You and I come from different places in terms of of media, you know, like right. so so you 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 know got into the cigar industry as as a well, I mean obviously you have your retail background, but it, but blogging is kind of where it seems like you really got, you know, your notoriety, correct? Yeah, cuz the, the the cigar shop I was attached to, it was originally owned by three police officers. Uh, all three were retired. They all had the, the NYPD pension. They all liked to smoke cigars. So it was a store that was, they were hobbyists. And, and there are a lot of hobbyists in the industry. Clubhouses, um, yeah. Yeah, they weren't in it to make money. They were happy paying the bills and having a little bit of fun money and not having to dip into their pensions. Uh, one of the three wound up bowing out and I wound up buying his share of it. So I was the only non-police officer, uh, retired police officer, 20 years plus on the force. Um, 
So I joined in and then eventually there was a third partner that brought on and then that guy had more of a business mindset and the place started to make money. But at the same time, I started working uh, as a private investigator. Uh, I started working. Uh, my business partner at the time was a retired New York detective who worked for America's Most Wanted. I started doing work with him for America's Most Wanted and the cigar store became more secondary than it already was at that point. Yeah. So I started, I started blogging because I, I missed being up to date on the cigars. So yeah, that's when it became more of a passion when I blogged and I, I did it for the wrong reason at the beginning. I'll be the first guy to, that will admit I did it for the free cigars Yeah. because there weren't a lot of bloggers back then. You had Jerry Cruz and Walt White over at Stogie Review. Um, and I don't know of any that are, are still around. I mean, Brooks Winnington from over at Half Wheel had a site, and I don't remember when it started, but he would review all this obscure, hard-to-get stuff, and there were people saying, oh, there's no way you got that, and people would have to stand up for him. No, I gave him this my personal collection. It's legit. But there wasn't a lot of cigar bloggers, so social media was an untapped resource for cigar companies. They didn't know the first thing about it. They will, you know, it, it stroked their ego to a degree. And all right, I'm going to give this guy cigars so I could read about my cigar. And it seems like social media is starting to catch on. And then the next thing you know, I'm invited to trips in the Dominican Republic. So I was doing it for 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 that more than anything. And but eventually you realize that, you know, it, it clicked for me when I was in the Dominican Republic that this is livelihood for so many people that I got to take it more serious. So I started taking it more serious. And I think that's probably probably part of the problem right now with a lot of the the, the people that are, are blogging it. They look at it as a frat party to, so much uh, to think of yeah. is a way to put it. You know, it's, it's a party. You got people going to the show and only covering their personal favorite booths and they're not giving love to everybody. If you want to be considered media, you got to show love to everybody, not just your favorites. And, you know, I kind of agree with Dave with that, that we aren't media. We're a form of media, but yeah. I don't think we're traditional media by any sense of the means. And, you know, in my opinion, there's only a small group of people that do it right. You know, Charlie and Brooks and Patrick do it right over half wheel. They report everything and everything. You you might not like their reviews and, you, you know, some manufacturers, how dare they give me an 85, but they report everything across the board and, and Coop's doing it as well. Coop's doing a great job and he did a good job with the coalition. He set up at this trade show with, with bear from Oso Oso Fumo, whatever site is. And I'm sorry, bear, if you hear about this, <laughs> I can't pull the site off the top of my head, but he did the right thing. But there, there, there were other bloggers that went there and they covered, all right, we're going to cover 14 booths of the people that we like, and we're just going to treat it as a party. Yeah. That's not media. You, you know, he, he, I'm sure your heart's in the right place and you're in it for the right reason. But if you're not going in and you're not covering a full full fledged, you can't consider yourself media. Well, and, and seeing, like I said, I come at it from more of a traditional, you know, print, mostly, you know, newspaper background and everything. And, you know, I have my opinions about things and, you know, I have an opinion page for it. Um, and so, 
when we're talking about reviews, I kind of look at that and say, well, okay, that's that specific blogger's opinion. So there is a little bit of a blurring of the line between the news and the opinions and the things like that on some of these sites. I don't necessarily think that's a necess- uh, really big deal. Um, but I do think that if that influences some of the news and whatnot, that could be. But I, to, to your point, you know, that they're going only to their friends' booths and not going to everybody's booths. Yeah, and, and you know what? The review thing, I've, I, I've gotten a lot of shit over the years. Uh, I'm scoring too high. And, you know, you had, you had uh, uh, I think it was Aaron that did, uh, Aaron, Aaron Loomis maybe it was, that did the article uh, looking at everybody's scores over the course of the year. And I was maybe one and a half, two points higher on average. Real, it really is that, that big of a thing, especially like if you want to look at half wheel and say they were two, two points lower than average. Yeah. It, it all washes out in, in the end. But people need to realize that, like, you know, when somebody trashes a cigar, and I've seen people do this, like, oh, it, it, it got an 82 on Joe Blow's site. I'm never going to smoke that cigar. No, smoke it. Every, you know, I love sushi. My wife hates sushi. Yeah. But she still tried it. And now she'll go out for sushi from time to time. See that? So you don't know it until you try it. And, and too many people look at reviewers as the gospel when it should not be the gospel. It's one man's opinion on a specific cigar. That's exactly it. And the thing is, the way I kind of look at reviews is, you know, over the course of not too terribly long, you can figure out that person's palate. You can figure out, do they like, you know, lighter cigars, medium cigars, you know, heavier cigars and that kind of thing. And it's one of those things where once I kind of figure out what that reviewer's palate kind of tends to go towards, I can compare it against my own and say, okay, you know, this guy tends to like more mild cigars, not so much the the heavier ones. I kind of go the opposite way. So if he says that this is too much for him, that might be something that I dig, you know, and then you kind of can, can use that information in your own personal way. Yeah, I mean, look at Dave. Whenever we smoke a cigar on a show, he's always going to say it's one or two points stronger mm-hmm. than the rest of us. And as soon as he says something's too strong, we have our listeners, oh, it's too strong for Dave. I want that cigar. <laughs> See, exactly. So, you know, they know his palate. They know his, his, where he sits. And if something's too strong for them, for him, they know it's just right for them. You know, I have I have a customer down in Maryland, you know, uh, Anything I review, if, if he'll call me up and, you know, he'll go, we got the same palette. You mentioned some of the flavor profiles I like, and he'll buy a box because he trusts me because our palette is the same, you know, and, and it's just an opinion. You know, I, I joke around all the time that a cigar reviewer is a used car salesman. You know, we're just slinging, we're slinging shit. <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, I believe I get notes of uh, on this cigar. I believe I'm getting notes of maple. I believe there's a little bit of caramel. I believe there's a little bit of brown sugar, but you may not be getting that. And that doesn't make either one of us wrong, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And, and I would say to your point, by the way, sweetness. So to, so I would agree you, you're drilling it down a little bit further. Um, but that's, that's, that's what makes you guys the cigar authority. You guys have to, <laughs> you guys drill it down and give the intricate flavor notes. So, um, so okay. So in terms of media, then one of the things that I know has been kind of kind of a sticking point here lately, last couple years, has been influencers. 
And I know I have my opinion about some of these influencers. Um, I think that there's, I think there's a true and honest difference between an actual influencer and a model with a following. I 100% agree with you. And if you look at the trade show numbers that came out today, that there were 707 businesses represented, represented, and there were uh, 2,329 names that were labeled as retailers. And of those names, some of them were brokers, distributors, or media, media members. So roughly 15% of the attendees were media members. Hmm. So I, I personally, I think that's too high. Yeah. And you know, you know what, there, there are some influencers that they sell the sex. They, they sell, you know, you know, they have the calendar out there and, and I'm not going to mention her by name and she's an amazing individual and, and she loves cigars and I've spoke with her in Vegas but she's selling sex too. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately her popularity, there are some people, be it jealousy, be it a little bit of an ego. Like I'm going to go out there with my tits out and I'm going to, I'm going to look like a working girl and I'm going to put the stick between my, my tits and I'm an influencer now. I keep never telling once, Gator he needs to do that by the way. Yeah. Never once have I seen that, you know, I'm scrolling Instagram. I'm like, Oh, Hey, okay. Yeah. Never once I go, Oh, I got to smoke that now. Yeah, no, you're not stopping to look at the cigar at that point. No, half the time, yeah. I don't even know what the cigar is. Exactly. And the thing about, uh, no, you make a valid point. And, you know, I, I in preparation for this, I knew I was going to talk to you about this a little bit. I did a little bit of digging to see kind of what the marketing world thinks about influencers in 2022. And, you know, the whole thing with influencers is that, if done properly, they can they can be beneficial to a brand, not just cigars, but just any brand, you know. Right. But the thing is, the big thing that they say about influencers is that the audience has to have a genuine trust in that person and their opinion, and and uh, you know a relationship with that person, and want to actually you know follow the influence you know of that person and. and- just because are, you just because you think a chick is hot doesn't mean you're going to do whatever she says. There, there, and they are so far and few between. And you know, there's the there's the one that uh, that I, I mentioned that knows what she's talking about. She yeah. talks about a cigar. She likes the cigar. Now you have my interest peaked. And there's you know there's a video attached to it, so you're listening to the video. And yeah, she's she's. Sex sells, and, and I mean no disrespect to her whatsoever. I, I love her dearly. Great, great person. Yeah, but she knows it sells, and she knows it created her identity. She doesn't shy away from it. There are too many people that are using that to sell themselves versus a product, and I don't want them to sell a product to me. But I, you know what? It's more about them than the actual cigar or it's more about them than the actual travel destination place it's more about them than the clothing that they're they're wearing in the you know christian dior or whatever or chanel it's not about the product it's about them and it's about you know their ego and and there's too much of that and 
you know, and it feels like there's way more of that in the cigar industry. And let's face it, cigar industry, for the most part, is a sausage party. You know, you go into any cigar shop, yeah. it's it's 98% or better men. There are very few cigar shops where it is closer to 80-20 than there are 98-2. Yeah. No, that's a valid point. So when a pretty woman comes into the picture, you know, smoking a cigar, like every dude stands up, you know? Yes. Or oh, let me light that for you. Let me cut that for you. Yeah. You know, let me try to pick you up. Yeah. Well, and it's the same thing in terms of social media. You get somebody that comes along, they're pretty on social media, then suddenly everybody's following in, and now they're an influencer. Now they're doing whatever. So, yeah. Well... I don't know. I you know, but I don't know how to regulate that. I don't. I don't know. Like, if you're PCA, what, what you know? How do you regulate the the influencers? See, that's the problem. Like, I, I don't know where you draw the line because some of these influencers will have two, three thousand likes on, on a picture. Yeah. But if you go through the comments, where's the engagement for the cigar? Bingo. That's exactly it. Just because they have a ton of likes doesn't mean it translates into any sort of attention whatsoever for the cigar. Right. There's no engagement for that. So now PCA would have to hire somebody just to just to validate uh, anybody that applies. You know, and it becomes and and it becomes that question. Who actually is media at this point? Like, are you counting them in it or not? Yeah. You know, do the cigar companies mind? No, I don't think so. They have, you know, I don't know many that have complained except maybe the really old school companies. Uh, but some of the old school companies have embraced some of, of the quote unquote influences. I can think of one and one right off the top of my head, actually. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with you. I, you know who I'm talking about. But yeah, yeah. exactly. You know. So and it, it just it, it I don't know it doesn't make sense. I mean, supposedly last year twenty twenty one was far worse than it was this year. Um, supposedly that was policed better this year, from what I understand. I didn't go this year. I, I told Dave I, I would like to go next year or twenty twenty four. Yeah, um, twenty twenty four might be possible because if it happens in April, because yeah. it's talking April, April New Orleans or July. Las Vegas, it's a little bit easier to get away in April than in the heart of cigar selling season in the Northeast in July. Totally. And let's be real. I'd much rather go to New Orleans in April than I would Las Vegas in July just due to weather. Yeah, well, yeah, I love the heat, so it, it, it wouldn't bother me. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, New Orleans in July is far worse than Las Vegas in July. Oh, well, yeah, because that's where you get the humidity, you know. Yeah, and the, and the smell on Canal Street. <laughs> yeah, well, I sit next to Gator most of the time, so I, <laughs> I have a smell anyway, you know. <laughs> yeah, and for people listening that don't know, it's like they have, like, one of the oldest sewer systems, and it's an open aqueduct, and it, 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 as it rushes down Canal, Canal, Canal Street, it just, the stench is, like, Walking into a porta party that's been in a location for two months in a hundred degree weather. Oh, gross, gross. Yeah, it, 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 it's just it's vile. Do you like New Orleans? I, I enjoyed New Orleans when I went. Uh, I love the food. I yeah. love the beignets. I love Cafe Dumont. I would go back just for Cafe Dumont. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I liked it. I mean, when I went as a blogger, and I'll always refer to myself as a blogger, not as a media person. Yeah. Uh, but one of my one of my 
my favorite stories. You know, I was with Ben Lee, who's an old school blogger. Um, Coop might have been there. He was a new school blogger at the time. There were other bloggers and we had just fought so hard to get to the trade show. And, you know, David Garofalo played a huge part in that. Jose Blanco played a huge part in that. And, you know, we went there and there were some people who were happy to see us. Some people were like, get the fuck out of here. You don't belong here. Yeah. Uh, but we're sitting in this restaurant and uh, we see Jose, uh, we see E.P. Caillo with his daughter and his son. And it, it looks like other members of the family sitting. We, we didn't go over them. You know, it's it's it was it was the day before the trade show opened, uh, spending some quality family time. The booth was probably finally built. They're going to have three days of madness. So, you know, gave them a nod, but left them alone. And uh, he sent over, as he's leaving, uh, waitress brings over a round of beer, uh, a beta beer, which is the, uh, you know, like the official beer of New Orleans. Yeah. And this is a compliment of that gentleman, E.P. Caillo. Uh, so he brought us around. So, you know, it was it was a good memory. It was a, it was a good time. Uh, so I like New Orleans because anywhere you go, you know, it could be a dive of a place. But if there's a good memory attached to it, it, it changes the way you look at it. Uh, so I enjoyed it. Well, good. I like the bread. Something about the bread down there. I don't know. Some people have said it's the water that they use in the bread. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But the bread down there is just lights out out of this world. And you're right. Cafe Dumont. I would I would go back for that. So. Yeah, beignets and some of that chicory coffee. Oh. I will admit, I got really excited a couple of years ago when I heard um, the PCA talking about looking at different sites, and uh, there was some rumor about uh, you know Indianapolis because that's like a four-hour drive for me, man. It's I mean, a home that, game for you. Yeah, yeah. that's in my backyard right there because mm. they were talking about Lucas Oil and how they could use the stadium there. And just open up the roof and do it all on the football field, and then just open up the roof for all the smoke to go out and everything. I'm like, that would that would be awesome. I'm like, come on, that would be cool. Yeah, I'd be watching that first home game and go, oh, there's a burn hole where the drone booth used to be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, well, very cool. I yeah, that would be fun. Um, we've gone out to TPE. TPE is always kind of timed out just right for us and everything. Mm -mm. And uh, Vegas in in July just really technically, it just hasn't really worked for us the last few years. But (sighs) hopefully next year it it comes together. So, Yeah, I mean, I don't think, did Dan go this year? uh, No, he he was going to. And at the last minute, he had a few things pop shallow and he wasn't even able to go. So. Yeah, it's, it's so hard. It's so hard for retailers like him because, you know, and it's hard for Dave Garofalo. I mean, thankfully, he has, you know, uh, what is it, 16, 18 people working from now. It should be in the it should be in the 20s. Yeah. Uh, but finding employees now is so brutal. Oh, um, dude. I mean, I'm picking up a shift over at Riverman now on Thursdays just because, you know, exactly. That's exactly it. There's there's nobody. You know, yeah, it, 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 so. it's tough, man. And uh, the people that are applying for jobs, you could see why they're looking for work. Right? But that's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's tough for you know, you, you know, Missouri. You guys, you know, it's the summer months. You know, you got bad winters, just as bad as here, and in, in, if not, sometimes worse than in New England, New Hampshire. Well, see, and that's the thing. Wet temperatures start getting nice here, eh, give or take, maybe March and April. But it's so damn rainy that people still can't necessarily get outside quite right. So, like, you're talking probably mid-April 
to arguably mid-October. That's your out time, <sighs> outside smoking time. And, you know, yeah. July and to, and to do it. And it's so close to the July 4th holiday when, like, you've got tons of people rolling through, buying their cigars for barbecues and outdoor, you know, activities and stuff that, yeah, you're right. It's just, it's a busy time for these retailers. Yeah, I mean, next year's show is going to start on July 7th, which means the manufacturers have to get there on July 4th to start building their booth. You know, I don't know how the union works there, but you're probably going to pay higher wages for a union on July 4th. You better believe you will. Yeah, somebody didn't do their homework, you know? Yeah. Well, now, but okay, so let me let me say this. Since you have TPE in January and mm-hmm. you have PCA in July, they're six mm-hmm. months apart. What happens to the retailer if PCA moves up to, let's say, April? Now your two trade shows of the year are three months apart. Do you think at that – right now you could make an argument that maybe they're not cannibalizing each other because they're six months apart. Do you think one cannibalizes the other if you put them that close together? To a degree, yes, because – when you go to when you go to when you go to TPE in January or, or early February or, or whenever it is, yeah, you're I think buying, you're right. I think I think next year it's in February, but anyway, yeah, yeah, you're buying to get you to a good retailer is buying to get you to PCA. Mm-hmm. Um, the deals offer you you order big and, and you know maybe some fill in orders here and there, but you you're, you're using TPE to get to the next trade show. Yeah. If you have them three months apart, your buy at TPE is going to be less. Significantly. It might no longer be cost effective to do both. And that's another reason why PCA should want to do it in April because they, they, you know, they, they want to be the only trade show. You know, I don't think they were happy that TPA is TPE is catering to the cigar industry. You know, I could be wrong, but you know, the money that TPE is making takes away from a little bit to what PCA is making. For sure, you know, there might be there might be some companies that have that have displayed at TPE, and uh, we, we've we've seen that that don't display at PCA. Um, if you're going to have them that close together, the only thing that would be the saving grace to PC, PCA would be the majority of new releases are showcased at PCA. Um, you'll have, you know, one one release or for some companies and some companies you'll have no new releases at TPE. So, you know, the, the retailers want to go twice to, to a trade show three months apart. Probably not. Well, and even the big guys like General and, and the, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of who it was. There was one of the big four that didn't display at PCA this year that was mm-hmm. at um, TPE. And um, Drew Estate was at TPE. Drew Estate was there, and they had a huge booth. Davidoff was there with a huge booth. And, um, oh, I am having a brain fart right now. Altatus. They had a big booth, yeah. right? But I, yeah, think, I don't know about. I don't remember general. But general, they I think they were probably there. I think they were there, and if I'm right, I'm pretty sure it was them. They had like a table and like two guys sitting at a table, and that was it. It was it was really small. And this may have been 21, maybe not 22. I can't remember. I think it was 22 though. But you know, so even at, even at TP, it's not like they were doing like a really large presence or anything like that. It was basically, hey, here we are. Show up, do your orders. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
so they even went kind of on the not on the cheap, but kind of on the cheap, you know, even at the one trade show of the two that they went mm. to. So it's not like you it, know, it, yeah. And then another issue they'll have if they move PCA to April is where do you put TAA? And mm. granted, TAA, TAA is only the top hundred to one hundred twenty uh, retailers right now. Uh, it's you know was at the top 44 manufacturers if that um probably less than that are you there yeah i'm here my lawn crew has decided now is the time to cut the grass and to do all of the weed eating and uh i heard silence so i got worried no no i'm here so but yeah to finish the thought (laughs) if you have tpe in february you have taa in march and then you got PCA in April. That's a lot of money you expect retailers to spend in a short period of time. Oh, for sure. You're asking retailers to outlay like their entire year's worth of ordering for the most part. In three months. In three months. And that and and coming off of a slow smoking time period between mm-hmm. you know the winter months when when traffic in the sh- uh, stores is low anyway. Yeah. So. It, it doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense to front load all the shows like that. And you who, know? Know, who knows what the economy is going to look like? I mean, you know, if it was next year, yes, yeah, cigar imports were up in the first quarter. But I think in Q3, even with all the new releases, cigar imports are going to be dramatically down. You know, I'm 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 starting to see it. You know, people are starting to spend less. They're starting to look for more of a value cigar. <coughs> so. You know, hopefully in 2024, the economy's better. What the fuck? I got a beetle on me. <laughs> you need a salt gun. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. And that's a really valid point, too. I know that, you know, around here, the, you know, gas prices being what they are, you know, they've definitely taken a hit out of everybody's budget. You know, you guys you know, have... I, I, I have to share. My wife just saw the beetle on me from the door. Yeah. And she goes like this. It was huge. <laughs> it never felt so great. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I want to remember that that is the unit of measurement for huge right there. It's like, yes. <laughs> for, for the record, we have determined this is huge. <laughs> but no, I mean, gas prices, I'm sure up your way are probably, you know, stupid high still. I mean, it come, it, it's come down. I, I don't even want to say it's come down. Realistically, it's come down maybe twenty cents here. You know, and it's not that. I mean, it's like four fifty a gallon here. But like the electric companies just announced uh, a doubling of the electricity delivery starting next month. Yeah, the gas companies up here started a doubling of the gas delivery this month, and then they're going to have another one in October that they're expecting to be another doubling. So what used to cost two hundred dollars a month to heat my my condo is now going to be like four or five hundred dollars a month. Well, and you can and nobody can survive that. No, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna be able to live on that. No, no, something. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> you know it rectifies itself by twenty twenty four. But yeah, I think they're moving that way. That's awesome. I just I, you know I didn't even consider the fact. That on Tuesdays this is mm. this is a thing. I didn't even consider the fact that 
Anyway, eh, listeners will deal with it. It's either. Would you say? Would you say that's Gator off cam or using a vibrator? You know, there you go. He's got the pull cord and everything. He's set, man. Oh, he's over there gardening. He's got the vibrator. You know. <laughs> he doesn't have a rabbit. He's got a bush hog. <laughs> so what are you drinking there, Barry? Uh, I am drinking Evan Williams Bottled and Bond, which is probably shown backwards right now on this camera, but... Uh, you know, we're talking about saving money. You know, I don't want to cut back on cigars. So instead of buying a $40 bottle of bourbon, I'm buying a $20 bottle of bourbon. Or $16.99. It was on sale this week. Well, there you go. Now, okay. It's, it's probably the best value bourbon on the market today. So speaking of liquor and, you know, you giving advice on uh, picking out different liquors and stuff. I know, um, oh, my God, this guy is just doing laps right around me here. It's like he does. <laughs> Um, so the, I think it was the last time we spoke, you were either just unveiling or just getting ready to unveil the liquor authority. And then obviously you had a little bit of a health situation in the meantime, but is the liquor authority back? Yeah. The liquor authority's back up. I started it. I started getting heart, uh, heart palpitations. Um, they say drinking could have been a part of it and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll joke around on the cigar authority and. Um, you know, I started I started drinking this bottle, and it was at the at the top of the label. Now it's halfway down the label. So I'm talking. <laughs> you're talking what? Two two drinks, three drinks? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when I'm done with the show, the bottle will go back, and that bottle will last me the rest of the week. Uh, but they said they still said, you know, maybe it's because you're drinking. And I was like, I'm not drinking that much, but we'll stop. And I stopped, and the palpitation still continued. Uh, so I was like, all right, it's not liquor. So I restarted up the liquor authority. Uh, but the hot palpitations turned out to be dehydration. And I don't remember if we did this on air or not. I've been out on my deck since uh, for three hours now. That's how much I drank in three hours. With two bottles of water that I have yet to open. Well, see, that that's probably part of the problem then. You probably that's need the, to be... Yes. Well, see... Okay, this is where I could be a real jerk and say, you know, if you cut your your whiskey with some water, you know, then you're getting then you're That's getting like putting some ketchup on a steak. You can't do that. <laughs> oh, I'm catching a lot of grief for ketchup on fried fish right now, actually. So, you know, my mom used to do that, so I'm not going to give you a hard time. See, and that's exactly it. You know, it's 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 all personal. It's like ketchup on a hot dog. The people in Chicago right now are cringing because I just said that, but you know, I like ketchup on a hot dog, so. Yeah, we had a guy. That, we had a guy that used to work with us that liked ketchup on a hot dog, and he doesn't work for us anymore because he got so tired of us breaking his balls about it. I mean, I'm a child. I'll admit it. I like ketchup anyway. <laughs> well, that's cool. So you, you people can go where? So liquorauthority.com. The liquorauthority.com. Uh, I'm hoping to start up a podcast uh, maybe this fall uh with one of the listeners of the cigar authority a, a lady by the name of pamela Barron. oh yeah i've heard uh, her on yeah. your show before yeah you know i'm looking for maybe one more person maybe we'll get dave liquored up before the show the cigar authority <laughs> show starts each week which would make things fine uh but yeah I'm hopefully we'll get a third person involved as well there's a there's another customer that's a regular for the shows maybe he'll be interested uh he has a little bit of uh of uh hospitality background with setting up bars and, and what have you oh that'd be uh, good but I, yeah i'm looking to maybe start this october november when it's too cold to be drinking outside 
Okay. All right. Well, that makes. And sense. I don't like. I don't like going to a bar because you know, like you, you, a bottle of Buffalo Trace here in New Hampshire is twenty seven ninety nine. Okay. You go out to a bar and you have you have two doubles. You're at twenty one dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it, it, I hate going to a bar because you know two drinks, which is six ounces, and was there a hundred one ounces to seven fifty milliliters or something like that? I, I used to know the number off the top of my head, but it, it makes no sense. You're paying like three hundred dollars for the bottle that costs twenty seven dollars. Wow. So I, I you know, I'd, I'd rather drink on my deck in the summer. In the winter, I almost never drink. Uh, because I don't want to spend the money at a bar. I'd rather spend it on cigars. There you and go. I'm blessed. I'm blessed that I could smoke in my house. That is nice. I I have to go outside now. I have my ice tent for the winter time, so I set up in that and everything. But still, you know, that's something you guys ought to consider selling up there at Two Guys. You reach out to Eskimo, the company that makes these things. You can get these like ice fishing tents. Yeah. And they're insulated. You get the two-person one. You set that thing up. You put an electric uh, heater in it. Dude, you're set. You're just completely there's set. This, there's this TV show up here called Northwoods Law, and it follows the New Hampshire fishing game. And there was an episode this weekend that me and my wife were watching where this downpour started out of nowhere. And it was an ice fishing tournament, and they were going around making sure everybody had their fishing license. And they went into this one person's fishing shed it had a fireplace it had a 60 inch tv first of all i'm thinking of a fire a fire a fireplace on a frozen lake yeah no i'll pass on that (laughs) yeah probably not the best idea probably not the best idea but this thing looked like a freaking huge log cabin yep and it was a tent i mean i i i personally don't outfit mine too elaborately i've got my my chair, and I've got a little table, and I've got my heater in there. I bring in my iPad to watch TV, you know, whatnot, and everything. That's it. But we've got some listeners that have bought into this, and they really do outfit it big. I mean, like, you know, yeah. putting their TV in there. Um, well, Nick Gervais, Mr. Uh, fucking Good Coffee there, this last year he put in, like, a ventilation system. He got, like, a bathroom exhaust fan. And it had the tubing and everything running, you know, out. And so he had an exhaust system, you know, going in his. So he was all decked out with it. So I guess it's a matter of what you want to invest and do with it. Yeah. Um, so going back to the whole media thing for a little bit. Yeah, we got sidetracked. We got sidetracked. We got Sorry side-tracked. About that. No, it's a, don't worry about it, man. I do this all the time. So going back to the media thing, um, for me, whenever I've gone to, to – the TPE trade show, you know, whenever I've been wanting to approach a booth and get some audio or video or something like that, my general rule of thumb is that I am secondary, that the, the rule, the, the, the point of the show is for the retailer to come and purchase cigars from the manufacturers. Their job is to sell the cigars to the man, to retailers. And if they have time to take away from that, or, or they have a break, then they can speak with me. And so, like, I don't, I don't hover. I don't, you know, make a point of being obnoxious about it. I think we only hovered for one. I, we had to hover for Michael Herklotz at CPE this year because he was just so damn busy. But otherwise, you know, nobody else. We, we just don't, we don't bother anybody. We, we make our way and we make appointments. If, if somebody's busy and they say, hey, can you come back at this time? It's like, sure, no problem. 
What kind of rules do you think, you know, media members at these trade shows should be following? Yeah, you know, there, there was there was talk of PCA setting up, uh, you know, you ever watch a sporting event and after the game, they have two players come up to the day, day at the time. Poise will ask their questions. Five minutes later, they'll usher in two more players. Yeah. There was talk about doing that at PC, PCA, and I know a lot of the media members, a, a lot might be an overstatement, but I know some of them were vocally against that. Uh, that, you know, they they wanted to be able to do it at the booth. And, and you saw some of the media members this year tone it down, you know. A lot of them had, you know, hi, this is... Uh, this is Oliver Navo from United Cigars, and, and we're at this year's uh, 2022 PCA show, and we have Yaya, uh, La Mezco Cubana, Red Anchor, uh, Alfonso, and Byron 1850 coming out. And that would be it. And then they would go, and then they would fill it in with photographs on their story on their website. Okay. So some of them... Saw that, and I've heard from a lot of people that the show was the booths were ridiculously crowded this year. So some of the, uh, some of the bloggers took it upon themselves to keep their interviews short and sweet, which was great. Some of them didn't. Now, probably a lot of manufacturers were probably okay with that, but how were the retailers about that? Yeah. And what it really comes down to is what do the retailers think about it to a degree? Because they're there to buy. They're there for their future. Uh, you know, what kind of year am I going to have? Am I going to be able to get the right product in? Am I going to be given the right amount of time that I need in a booth? So it, it, it's uh, – there's no right answer and there's no wrong answer because you're not going to make everybody happy. You know, what I think is the right answer, other media members might not like what this blogger has to say. What some of the manufacturers say, some of the retailers might not like. So I don't think there's a, a definitive answer to what's right. But from what I was hearing, the, the people who showed up this year were there to spend money. Well, that's good. And, and I've heard stories that, you know, trade booth is straight show shut down at four o'clock or five o'clock, whenever it was six o'clock. They're still writing orders at the booth. Wow. So, and I think your good bloggers know it's about the retail and manufacturer relationship. Yeah. I don't know about the influencers because there were stories last year about an influencer that derailed a, a huge sale. Wow. Um, you know, whether that was folklore or not, I wasn't there. I can't say. Yeah. But I think, I think you're good. And I'll use media members because... That's what they prefer. Some of your good media members realize it and they do the right thing. But unfortunately, the the one rotten apple spoils the bunch. Well, and it's also one of those things where, you know, if you have a negative, a negative experience, you know, you'll tell that to 70 people. Whereas if you have a positive experience, you tell it to seven. So, like, to your point, one, one negative experience with an influencer mm-hmm. possibly ruin a sale. You know, that, mm-hmm. that story is going to travel around 80 yes. times before anybody hears about the guys that are doing it right. Right. And that story is going to change 80 times. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, I don't, you know, I don't think there's a definitive answer. You know, I, I, I think the, 
I think if you did a pre, uh, a day one press conference, you know, when some of the uh, seminars are going on for the retailers that the manufacturers aren't involved in, yeah, and some of the manufacturers will sit in on them, but there are a lot of manufacturers that won't sit in on them. You know, hold the hold the media day. You know, set it up like a press conference. You know, the uh, thing with TPE, I ah, got him. Um, <laughs> I had a fly buzzing around. Uh, the thing with TPE is they open an hour early each day for media. Right. And in theory, that's great. But in practice, in reality, what I found is that um, not all the manufacturers are there and making themselves available during that hour. Yep. You know, yep. they'll they'll still roll in ten minutes before the the doors yep. officially open. So it's one of those yeah. things where, as media, I'm standing there looking to interview X manufacturer, and I'm just staring at an empty booth. Yeah, I mean, how would you feel about a press conference? You know, you and five, six, seven, ten other sites have the camera set up, and you're getting a Q and A. I mean, you're all gonna answer, you're all gonna ask the same questions. You're all gonna get the rehearsed answer. Yeah. You know, the only guy that's not make, that might fly off the cuff is Saka. Yeah. You know, generally, and, and trying to limit him to ten minutes. And I love him, but <laughs> and I'm sure if he heard this, he'd laugh about it. But trying to limit him to ten minutes would be tough. Mm-hmm. No, that's a valid point. Now, I like to think that sometimes I, you know, I I bring my level of of. Not with everybody. I mean, obviously, my interview with, uh, you know, Nick Perdomo is going to go differently than my interview with the guys over at, you know, ATL Cigars because, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, personal relationships and whatever else. You know, it's like, you know, who you know, who you can joke around with and be stupid with. And, you know, you know who you got to be kind of uh, but see that, on but see that with. My- that might be a benefit for even some of the manufacturers. Yeah. You know, uh, some the, the people over at ATL that don't have the relationship with 80% of the bloggers, media members like Dick Perdomo does, might have it with 20% of the people. And if those 20% of the people aren't introverted to the point where they're asking questions, yeah, it might, it might make people look at them differently. That's valid. That's, you know, it's like all it takes is... Somebody in there asking the right questions, them giving some good answers, and now everybody's kind of looking at them in a new light. Right. Everybody loosens up, and, and it, it changes the sound bite you would have gotten. Yeah. Well. You know, Coop, Coop did it this year with the Coalition. You know, it was three three websites operating as one. Why can't the entire media group do that? Well, and I will say that in in, like, what? I, I'm gonna go broader in in general news terms. You know, like um, you know, with my newspaper, for example. You know, back in the day, news organizations would all send people to. You know, I'm in Illinois, so they'd send people to Springfield to cover the uh, the state government. Well, you know, budgets being what they are, they everybody kind of cut their Springfield bureaus and all that. So you were seeing a lot of. Uh, a lot of a lot of news organizations not covering the state house anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, in Illinois we definitely need people watching what those guys are doing. But um, so what ended up happening is the press association here in Illinois came up with an idea, and uh, they created what they call the Capital News Bureau, and so they mm-hmm. staff it. It's funded by grants and donations from the from the members and and you know news organizations, 
and they have this staff that they do all the covering of what happens in Springfield, and they feed that news out to all the member organi- or member you know papers and actually make it available to everybody to where if there's an article that I think is important to my readers, I can publish it and you know use it and I just give attribution. So it's kind of like a like a you know I, there's a term for this and I'm blanking on it, but it's it's a it's a feed, you know. So maybe something similar to that, you know, where you have somebody that's not necessarily chosen, but kind of a a representative of the media that kind of goes around, does all the work, and and you know people can kind of work off of what they've done, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, or even treat it like a, a presidency, you know. Like- not to bring politics too much into it, mm-hmm. but let let the let the let the guy have the Joe Biden list of people to call on. Yeah. You know, Crown Heads is going up there, and he wants to call on Charlie Coop and uh, developing pallets. Let him call on them and get the questions, and then the next company that comes up there might want Bear from Oso Fumo, might want Matt Tobacco from Smoking Tobacco, might want you guys from Cigar Pulpit. Yeah. And just run it that way. You everybody will get their soundbite. You know. Yeah. If you're worried, if you're worried about Charlie asking the question, overdub it with you asking the question. It's a little bit more post-production work for you. But if if it matters to your ego that much, edit it out in post-production. No, that's a valid point. Because the whole story should be getting the news information out there. Does it really matter who's asking the question? Well, no. I mean, in in the grand scheme of life, no, it doesn't. You know, and you're right. You know, I mean, to the point, and this is something that I think Dave touched on, you know, when he talked about cigar media is, look, you know, it's an industry media. And so I think some people look at it like, oh, when you say media, it's it's fair and unbiased. And that means we have to report on the good and the bad and, you know, that sort of thing. And, you know, you got guys like like, you know, Gator who. You know, he digs into his local politicians, does a lot of that kind of stuff and whatever else. I kind of look at cigar media slightly differently than that in that if you're kind of electing to come in and, you know, report on, for lack of a better term, report on, you know, the industry, you're kind of electing to come in and cheerlead, you know, and, and that's the way I look at a lot of the cigar media, and I was guilty of it in the beginning. I was a cheerleader. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, we're, we're all fanboys to a degree. Yeah. We wouldn't be blogging. We wouldn't be hosting podcasts if we weren't fanboys. Embrace the term. Exactly. Come in, cheerlead. And, and to your point, if there's something that you encounter that you're not a fan of, that you don't like, just don't talk about it. You know, you can elect not to talk about something. I mean, very early on, Jeff and I had a cigar on the show, and you know, it, it was on a. It was a very early episode, and it was a big learning experience for us because we did we hadn't had it prior, and um, I haven't gone back to it, and I really should at some point. It, as I recall, it wasn't necessarily a bad cigar, but the marketing didn't match the the cigar in that. You know, the marketing made me think that it was going to be this like slit your throat flavor bomb, lots of spice, you know, just it was going to be crazy. Right. And as it turned out, it was actually a fairly kind of mild cigar. Like it it didn't it didn't 
it didn't slip my throat. Let's put it that way. <laughs> and so we kind of discussed how, you know, the marketing didn't really match the cigar. That, that manufacturer was less than thrilled with us, we found out. But, you know, such <laughs> is life, you know. And But, it, but the, again, it was a learning experience for us. And that's yeah, when we're yeah. like, you know what? Look, we don't have to like everything. Maybe, you know, and we've said it. Look, the cigar is not necessarily hitting my palate right. Um, it doesn't ask for every seat. Well, and that's the beauty with me and Jeff is since mm. he likes the mild stuff, I like the stronger stuff. One mm. of the two of us typ- typically likes it. But, I mean, you can always say, look, Talk about the construction. Talk about, you know, is it burning right? Is it smoking well? You know, that kind of thing. I mean, just because the flavor is not necessarily your thing, there's something you can't compliment. But Yeah, that, that's why the Cigar Authority works. David likes the strong stuff. I like the strong stuff. And me and Jonathan hate each other. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, man, why don't we go ahead and jump into our new segment. It's the United Cigars One Must Go. We all need to live united, but one must go. Brought to you by United Cigars, makers of La Giana Havana, Abuelo, Red Anchor, Firecracker, and of course, United Cigars. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Garofalo, Montoza, and Terranova, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Bandolero. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United, United Cigars. All right, so the concept here is that we have a grouping of items, and, you know, we're going to say one of them has to go, and we kind of give our rationale and reason for it. And I have one specific, because I knew you were coming on. I found one that I thought would be appropriate for you. So, one must go. Tequila, vodka, whiskey, or rum? Tequila. I'm also tequila, but I'll let you go first. Uh, tequila makes me angry. Tequila is the only liquor that gives me a hangover. Okay, and it could be it could be one shot. Like my my wife loves tequila. Um, if she's toasting somebody, you know, uh, you know, today would have been my brother's fifty eighth birthday. I can't even do one shot because I will wake up with a hangover. So because of that, tequila must go. Okay. I'm also saying tequila, but for a slightly different reason. Tequila and I, we have a very, um, we have a toxic relationship. We love each other quite a bit, but bad things tend to happen, you know, when we when we hang out and get together. It's it's uh, it goes back to my college days, and uh, you know the whole saying about tequila makes your clothes fall off. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's it it you know there's been experiences, but we'll just leave it at that. But I will say. Uh, I, I'm okay with it in like margaritas, um, but doing straight tequila shots, that's just an unpleasant experience that I just, I don't like doing. So, uh, and one of my, and one of my buddies is huge into tequila, like all these different sipping tequilas and he, he he's, you know, this is different than doing a shot of Hornitos or doing a, a shot of Padron, uh, Patron. So, you know, I, I still tried it, and it's it's very different than the tequila. Saying I grew up on is probably the wrong vernacular, but yeah. you know what I mean. No, I know what you mean. It, and the, the tequila, tequila is the f- number one growing segment of the alcoholic beverage industry. Okay. But I just, I can't drink it because instant hangover. One, one, one and a half ounce shot hangover. 
Well, I and so you brought up the the growing segment of the industry. I know whiskey's been really popular lately and you know, well lately, I don't know how long, but you know, but it seems like everybody's really gotten into that to where, you know, you have bottles going up in price exponentially and you know, you've got the collectors going out and all that. So you're saying tequila is the next area that Yeah, a lot of the millennials and and you know, I use that term without disrespect, but you know, the millennials who are big into bourbon for a while and they have begun to move over to tequila. Bourbon sales are starting to flatten out. It's starting to be easier to find your Weller and your E.H. Taylors and even to a degree, Pappy in certain parts of the country. Uh, you got a better chance of winning it in a lottery because there's a little bit more of it. Yeah. Uh, but tequila is growing to the point where some of these um, these quote unquote boutique tequilas uh, are getting near impossible to find. And on the secondary market, um, they, you know, well, a green label, it's a 24 99 bottle. You know, there's places I've seen places selling it for $80. Wow. Well, now the same thing's happening to these $30 bottles of tequila. You see them for $80, $90. So it's starting to happen with that segment. Um, I had a rum that uh, Jonas over at Blackbird Cigar, uh, I've told this story before. It was TP 2020, so it was the first one that I went to, and I went up to his booth, and he, uh, I wanted some audio with him, and he's like, we're going to do a shot of rum real quick. And I'm like, oh, no, man, I'm good, because, you know, me, ta- I- I'm not one to drink liquor straight. I just, I-, I-, I did too much in college. It kicks in an instant you know, the liquor burn and I kick the gag reflex and I just, I don't, I'm not one to sip a liquor. And, uh, you know, but he insisted, he's like, you're not going to get any audio unless we do this. I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to take some rum. And, uh, it was Brugal and it was just ridiculously smooth and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of the Brugals are really good and some of them are really horrible. <laughs> Um, you know, David, David Ortiz came up to do a, a box signing at two guys. And I think Dave was a Cuba at the time. And, you know, he goes, what do you got to drink? And I think Jonathan might've been a Cuba with him. So Ed Santa Maria, the buyer for two guys goes into David's office and Dave had a couple of bottles of Brigal, a couple of half bottles of scotches, brought them all out. David Ortiz, you know, said he was only going to be there for an hour. But all of these things on the table, we hung out for like three and a half, four hours. Wow. It totally changed who he was, just laid back, laughing. So, but one of the things we had was the basic Brugal, and they're drinking it like it's top of the line champagne. And it, like, it, it, it needs a lot of Coke to make it palatable <laughs> just for me. But they're, like, they're looking at me like I got 10 heads. But you are a rum but, guy, though, right? I used to be a rum guy until I was doing keto for a while. Okay. And, uh, they, so when rum is rum is made, they add sugar after the distillation process, mm-hmm. which adds carbs to it. Um, there are two rums that don't have sugar added after the distillation process that makes it keto friendly. One is Florida Cana, and the other is a, a Jamaican rum uh, or a, it's either Jamaica or Barbados. It doesn't have rum added after the fact, but the brand name escapes me. Okay. But bur- but bourbon and whiskey, there's no sugar added after the distillation process. So a normal pour of bourbon probably has one gram of carbs or less. But if you take 
like Ron's a cap of rum. One, you know, two ounce pour of at rum has like 12 grams of carbs. Oh, okay. So, so when you're doing the keto diet, depending on your size, you're doing anywhere from 18 grams to 35 grams a day in carbs. You're not going to waste a, 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 a quarter of it or half of it in some points on a glass of rum. No, for sure. So I, had I, gave a, up rum. I had a guy that was on keto, and he was telling me that his drink became uh, vodka with some of that the Mio. I think I just saw you using something like a water. And I don't know. Yeah, I hate to taste the water, but water tastes good to me. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I use the flavored stuff just to make it palatable. Yeah. But so does it, would that work? The vodka with the, or is that? I I don't know. I'm not familiar with keto. To be honest, I'm not. You know, I, I, I I've always thought about trying it. Like so so the thing on wrap, but this is watermelon flavored. Okay. And it's ten gram. It's ten calories. And no carbs. Okay. And I've always said I got a I got an unopened bottle of Hammer and Sickle vodka, and as we know, Hammer and Sickle went out of business. The, yeah. the owner of the company unfortunately passed away, and then what happened with Russia and Ukraine? And I refused to open the bottle to oh, try no. it. I like, get I'm going to open it. I'm going to open it on a special occasion. But I've looked at that bottle and I've looked at the watermelon squirty, and I'm going. I wonder how that would go. With vodka, because if you ever had watermelon juice with vodka, yeah, it's the greatest drink on the planet in the summer. Like, forget forget a screwdriver, orange juice, and and uh, vodka. Yeah, watermelon juice and vodka is the greatest summertime drink ever. I'll tell you, I've been drinking this thing. Um, so there's a distillery down here, maybe about half an hour from my place, called Stumpies, and they make this. Um, now they're coming by with the blower. Um, <laughs> they make this uh, this lemon drop whiskey. It's only like sixty proof, so it's relatively you know uh, weak. But um, they make this lemon drop whiskey, which by itself is really pretty good. But then what you do is you take um, some of that, you do a little capful of this blackberry mint syrup that they sell. You put a little bit of that in it, and you top it off with lemonade. That has become my summertime drink. It's super light and refreshing. Obviously, it's got the sugar and everything from the lemonade and all that in it. But, uh, you know, it's it's another good summertime drink. Hope you don't mind. I lit up another cigar. I don't mind because I'm actually getting very low on the uh, Don Lino Africa here. And uh, I guess uh, this is a good, well, this is a good time to go ahead and close out the One Must Go. The One Must Go segment was brought to you by United Cigars. United we smoke. All right. So um, since you've lit up your uh, second cigar there, what were your thoughts on the Don Lino Africa? Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this cigar. Uh, I'm a very lo- loyal person. Um, anybody I've ever worked for, I've always maintained a good relationship with. Um, so that's my little disclaimer. Uh, but there's a wonderful amount of sweetness to that cigar. Um, some of it has to do with the Jalapa, I believe it's Jalapa, uh, uh, tobaccos in the filler. You got the Cameroon binder. It's just a, a wonderfully sweet cigar. It has a effortless drawer. The box press works wonders on it. 
Um, it, it's just, uh, it's just as we got a fly showing its ass on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of all the, like, I'm on an iPad for God's sakes. The camera it, it is was like, like that. It was like big. point of view porn for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get back to that in a second. But, you, <laughs> so, but yeah, it was wonderfully sweet. I mean, caramel, brown sugar. Um, there's spice on the retro some, hail. I just did yeah, a, for, I did it. I just did a retro hail. And, for some uh, reason, it hasn't caught on in our stores as much as it has online. Okay, um, but it, it's it, it's definitely not as full body to say the Nesta Miranda Special Selection, uh, the, the the Rosado wrapper, the Habana wrapper. Yeah, um, but it's definitely stronger than the Nesta Miranda Special Selection Connecticut. So it's it's the nice go between to to the two. But it's not going to knock you on your ass. It's going to light up your palate with a whole bunch of flavor. I mean, for me, it's a solid 92 to 94, depending on the size. Fantastic. Well, I, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, I'm down to the end, and uh, I just did a very last-minute retrohale on it, and the, the spice on it definitely was present on the retrohale there. And, I yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I'm trying to think of where I actually got this one, to be honest, because... I don't think there's anyone around me that sells it, so I don't know if I TPE maybe. Maybe I was gonna say either. Well, I either got it at a trade show, or I mean, I guess you could look up my order history and see if I ordered it from you guys. But I don't, I don't know if I have or not. But, um, but no, I'm, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, trying, yeah, probably TPE. I would think so. Well, very cool. Well, I need to see what I'm gonna fire up here. Um. Yeah, so I fired up a cigar that's not out yet. Yeah, it's the new Camacho Triple Maduro. Okay. It'll be out in a few weeks. Uh, the local rep, Jesse, was by today, and he gave me one. Ooh. And, you know, it's limited limited production. It comes out maybe once a year or something like that, so maybe you could call it a limited edition at that. Yeah. Uh, but this is the best iteration of it that I've had in years. Very cool. I've got yeah, a last last year didn't do it for me. There was there was something off about the taste, but this is my third one today. So he only gave me one, but I tr- I lit up the one. I liked it that much that I traded with my coworkers to get theirs. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I just had another fly. Almost he was right near the camera lens there, trying to show his ass, <laughs> and it actually reminded me. So the other day, I'm in my car, right, and uh, I have the backup camera. So I throw my backup camera on and I look at the screen and I just immediately just it scared the shit out of me. I guess there was a spider that had somehow gotten right on the camera lens of my backup camera. So right there on the screen, big as day, was the underbelly and ass of this spider and it just scared the bejesus out of me <laughs> now i got out and i looked at it and it wasn't even that big of a spider but man amplified on that camera it was just it was like freaking something out of a horror movie but yeah no anyway um no i found while looking around and, and digging through my my humidor i found uh obviously the don lino africa but then uh i tracked down i didn't even realize i had just a padrone you know thousand series just a simple you know, Padron. And I, I love these things, man. You know, I mean, I can't afford to smoke the, you know, the 64 or anything like that on the regular. So, yeah. you know, but the 1000 series, I think, are just great, great cigars. Yeah. Back when I started smoking, the first cigar I ever had was uh, Bacanudo Robust, which I, I don't, it 
it doesn't exist anymore, but it used to be a green label with a little bit of a brown and had a brown R in the center. Okay. And that was the first cigar I ever had, and I liked it enough to bring me back again, and I bounced all over the humidor at that point. Uh, but then I came across the Padron 2000, and I probably smoked nothing but Padron 2000 for a solid six months. And it, it helped that they were $4 a piece at the time. <laughs> yeah, they're not 4 bucks anymore, but they're still nah, really they're like, affordable when you look at nah, them. No, they're like six eighty with the Padron 2000, which is a Robusto. Mm-hmm. You know, but $4, you know, back in the day, we're talking 1998-ish. Yeah. I mean, you can't beat it. Um, there was a guy, and I know I've told this story before, but um, there was a gentleman named Hal who... Uh, was a regular at the one cigar shop that I was going to at the time. And, uh, I met him at a, uh, I met him at a Southern draw event. We, it was, it was an event and the lounge was full. So I was outside on the patio and he was outside and we just started talking and whatnot. And it was one of those things. We probably saw each other there like multiple times, but never actually interacted. Well, this time we're actually talking. And after that, I saw him all the damn time. But we got talking one day, and it's like, so, so, Hal, what's your, you know, favorite cigar, you know? And uh, he told me flat out, he's like, dude, if if I could only have, you know, one cigar for the rest of my life, uh, it would be, I think he said the Padron Four Thousand. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, just, he's like, I would just do that. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, pulling back the curtain a little bit. You know, we we order from Padron maybe every four to six weeks, and. We get in 25 to 40 boxes of Padron, depending on what they're able to send. Our standing order is always like 40. Yeah. And by the end of the six weeks, we got none left. Yep. So it's such a popular Vitola. It's such a value at the price point. And you can't fault somebody for saying that's their go-to cigar. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's probably the problem I have with the cigar industry today. I'm, I, I am, I am is guilty of it, if not more guilty of it than the next person. We always come into a cigar shop and what, what do we ask? What's new? What's new? But there's a reason why Padron thousand series has been selling at the levels it sells at since the, the mid to late 1990s. It, it's consistent. It's a great cigar. The, the question that needs to be asked by every consumer that goes to a cigar shop if you trust the guy that's always smoking behind the counter, what's smoking good? Yeah. That's the that's far more important than what's new. For sure. One of the things um, that's been smoking really good for me lately that actually is something new, and I've talked about it a couple times here lately, has been the uh, 2022 um, Ferriotego Generoso. Oh, are you there? Right. Or, okay. Um, have you, yeah, uh, I hit the wrong button. Oh, you're fine. Have you smoked that at all? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the Generoso. I, I, I think the Generoso is the better of the two. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the Elegancia is bad, but I would smoke the, the, the Generoso all day, every day. I wish it was about $10 less expensive. Bingo. That's uh, why I'm not but, smoking it all day, every day. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so the reason why I stopped the camera accidentally is I got an email from from my boss, oh. but it turned out he answered the poll question of the week. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Um, I was like, oh my god, is this live? Did I 
say something wrong that he's going to yell at me about. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is not live. But uh, so uh, the uh, yeah, yeah, no, the Generos. I'm I'm digging it. I mean, what's what I like about it is, and I don't yeah. know why I'm giving a free plug to to Ferry Otago, but why not? But uh, you know, is that uh, you know you you start smoking it and it smokes so smooth, and you don't yeah. realize just how much like strength and body that cigar has until you're like down to like you know the midway or, or final third of it and then by that point you're just like holy shit this thing is just it's got so much to it yeah and i've always been a, a fan of michael herklotz you know i you know i grew up in new york city he was a manager at a davidoff store for the longest amount of time before we moved on to that chairman uh i i ran into him in an event and you know Look at me, you know, I'm a, I'm a blue collar guy uh, at the time, living paycheck to paycheck, pretty much that way now, too. But yeah, it was more it was more obvious back then. But the, the Davidoff customer back then was the guy that was making half a million dollars a year to start. Yeah. You know, you had customers in there with their with the year end bonuses, making two, three million dollars a year. Uh, and but whenever he would have an event, he would say, "Hey, Barry, there's going to be the event at the store. Why don't you come with your guys? Uh, come as my guest. You don't even have to pay to come." And you know, collectively, the, the four of us were probably going to drop three to five hundred dollars, but the guys that were paying for tickets were dropping ten grand on on you know some limited edition humidor. But he went, he always went out of his way to invite me. That's awesome. And, and it was even before I was really blogging in earnest. So, you know, we 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 work in, and I, I've touched on it on the show. We work on we we're we're involved in an industry that there are a lot of fake people, and you know, and, and this kind of goes full circle to the media conversation earlier. That, you know, I've been, you know, I'm very different than a lot of people. You know, I, I, I worked in a cigar shop. I started blogging. I've written for magazines. I work for a manufacturer. Now I work for one of the biggest retailers in the country. But when I went to Miami to work for a manufacturer, there were a lot of manufacturers that talked crap behind every blogger's back. And then when they saw the blogger, it was their best friend. Yeah. So it made me jaded to a, to a degree. And I don't know. It is what it is. And I, I've said it on the Cigar Authority, and I'll, I'll always say it to the day I die. There, there are a lot of fake people in this industry. <clears throat> and there are a lot of great people in this industry, too. You know, you got your Skip Martins. You got your Dick Perdomos. Um Noel Rojas is one of the new and upcoming guys that what you see is what you get. Michael Herklotz, what you see is what you get. And even from shop owners, David Garofalo, what you see is what you get. Um, from my interactions with Dan over at Riverman Cigars, what you see is what you get. Um, but yeah, so I have I have a lot of respect for Michael Herklotz because he's always gone out of his way to be a nice person. I mean, you know, and, and he's been on the show here once. We've been trying to get him on again, but he's been super busy and it's just not worked in terms of schedules and everything just yet. But, you know, he's, he's like you said, ridiculously nice. I mean, he, he was swamped at TPE this year and he still took time out to, uh, to ham it up with, with Gator and I for a little while. So, no, I mean, he, I, I have, the utmost respect for him and what he and and also the fact that he went through the Nat Sherman experience kind of the way he did, you know. 
I mean, you, you, if you're in that position, I mean, let's be real. You could be bitter. You could be angry. You could be whatever. And, and that kind of thing's going to show in yep. your, in your public interaction. And, you know, he, he kept it all class, like all the way up to the very last day when he did the video of them locking the door for the last time and everything like that. Oh I mean, yeah. Dude, it was all class the way that went down. Yep. And then to see him, you know, be able to buy the brands and, and bring them back out and everything like that. I mean, it, it's, it's been a really good story, I think, you know, and, oh, it's, yeah. and it shows a lot about him and his character. So, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of why I don't mind paying $22 for a Generosa. I still wish it was $15 or $14, but I just wish you know, it was he's a, a, available all year round so that I could get yeah. it whenever I wanted to get it, you know, but, but yeah, he's just such a, he's such a good guy. Now that one is that one produ- uh, manufactured by Placencia. It is okay. All right, I knew I knew the twenty one was. I didn't know about the twenty two, but I'll be honest. When I heard that the twenty one was manufactured by Placencia, after smoking the twenty two, I'm like, boy, I would bet everything I had that this is also a Placencia cigar because it smokes so much like a Placencia. Yeah, and, and from what I understand, he kept the blends the same. Okay, all right. Well, that's good because I've got two of last year's Generoso sitting in my humidor that I bought from you guys, actually. Um, to uh, so there you go, taste comparison. Time. I can do that. Actually, that's fun. Um, because I bought them with the intention of having him on, and the uh, Gator and I would smoke them. And uh, like I said, we just haven't made it work yet. So they're just sitting there chilling out. So, well, good. Well, now you brought up uh, Rojas, Neil Rojas, uh, a couple times. And um, my buddy, Broccoli Rob, over there at Final Third Cigar, he turned me on to Rojas with the blue bonnet, ironically enough, in the Lancero size. And uh, I am also a big fan of Rojas. I haven't tried. I have tried the street taco, the barbacoa. Um, so I'm yep. look, looking forward to that. What did you say? The new one? Carnitas? Carnitas, yep. And then he's going to have another one coming out with uh, a Medora wrapper and he said what the names were going to be on the Cigar Authority, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. But I'm assuming next year will be the third iteration of Street Taco with a Medora wrapper. Gotcha. All right. Well, speaking of Broccoli Rob, so why? My, oh, my, go ahead. My, uh, so sorry. My, no, my, I go way back with him because I used to have that brand Kilo. Yeah. And he and he made it for me. And at the time, I you know, I'm working for Dave and I told Dave. I want this guy to know what Roel Rojas to make. And he's like, oh, I don't know who he is. Get him to send samples. All right. You're fronting the bill for this. So, yeah, I'll get samples. And he goes, I'm going to have the factory I'm thinking of make samples. What's the blend? So I tell Dave the blend. And he sends it to his guy. And, uh, you know, the ratio of 60% this, 30%, you know, the full yeah. filler ratio. And... I originally wanted Noel Rojas to make it when he was basically rolling cigars in his garage in Miami, but because of relationships, I couldn't do Miami cigar. So Dave gets it and he smokes it and he's like, yeah, this is really good. Go ahead. We'll order. I think it was a thousand boxes, uh, 500 Robusto, 500 Toro. And Noel's like, okay, I need half up front. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, yeah, I'm a small company. I can't afford to have the boxes made unless I pay the guy first. Uh, so I had, to, I had to go to Dave and Dave's like, all right, I've never done it that way, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> and I'm like, Dave, I'm telling you, this guy's going to be the next big thing. 
And then here we are five years later, and he's about to become the next big thing. Well, see, there we go. We just got to get you yeah. picking out guys all over the place, and we'll know yeah. five years from now who the next big thing is. Yeah, it's the closest I've ever been to a talent scout. <laughs> there you go. Well, like I said, speaking of Broccoli Rob, why don't we go ahead and jump into this week's final third Friday cigar and whiskey pairing. It's time for Final Third Friday with my man, Broccoli Rob. Hey guys, Rob here at Final Third Cigar. And I'm Isaiah. And we're doing the Final Third Friday pairing today with the Luciano Dreamer, the number four Hermoso. And we're pairing that with the Hard Truth Sweet Mashed Rye. This is a uh, sweet mashed processed rye from Hard Truth Distillery in, uh, in Indiana. Um, it's the first of their own distillate they've put out, and it is super good. It is. It's my favorite thing Hard Truth's put out yet. Absolutely. Um, no, that this Hard Truth is in southern Indiana. Um, they make a lot of, I would say, more cocktail-friendly stuff. Well, right now, because they've been... I Like any distillery starts out, you've got to wait for your stuff, your to, stuff age. to age. Yep, yep. But if this bottle is any tell... It's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, it is coming, and they're going to make a splash on the market. Because yeah, I'm anxious special. to try their uh, their bourbon too, because their uh, the their early releases of their bourbon wasn't that good. Uh-huh. Um, but again, it wasn't aged. But they were still selling their own juice, which was kind of nice. So the cold draw on the Luciano is kind of a just a wet hay. Yeah. Um, and you pulled out a little bit of a chocolatey note, just a very light like yeah. cocoa at the end. Um, now upon light up. One of my first notes I got was salt. Yes. It's a very salty yeah. and leathery cigar. Yeah, that, that salt laid off a little bit for me in the first third. Oh, it did but, right away, yeah. But right, like, getting in to the to end of the first third, into the second third, you're getting a ton of leather. Yeah. So it does the earthy leather thing. On the retrohale, there's a little bit of spice. It's like a black pepper and uh, cedar. Yeah. It is very... Uh, you get a lot of those cedar notes there. Now, when you pair it with the uh, Hard Truth Sweet Mash Rye, you're you're pulling out a lot of like graham cracker type notes out of it. Right. It still has a little bit of rye right at the finish um, that that presents itself, but it just turns it extremely sweet in graham crackery. Agree. Yeah, this is definitely one of those pairings, and we've done a lot of pairings here recently that have just been amazing together um they had a lot of a lot of good complexities bouncing back and forth between the drink and the and the cigar this one's going to be more of a relaxing pairing this is going to be one where you're not going to have to sit here and think about it yeah just sit sit back and enjoy it they play well together but they're not gonna like pull crazy stuff out of each one of them yep they're just gonna play nice together especially if you like a good rye whiskey and i would say on this whiskey it's a little bit more of a sweeter rye it is it's not going to be super spicy um, this cigar is not going to be super spicy. It's a medium-bodied cigar. Those leather notes, you're going to get all that. So it's just going to kind of play nice together. Absolutely. Yeah, The like in a lot of our pairings, we're going to tell you like coconut cream pie, like on the Mildias pairing. Or in the last one, uh, we said like cherry cordial. Right. This one, they are just bringing out different things than what you would normally get in each other. And they're playing very nicely together. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, as you get into the cigar, the cigar, the notes don't change a lot, yep. which is not a bad thing, especially on this size. This size is a... 
It's like a, a little large bit bigger, Corona large or a Corona small, small Robusto. Robusto. Exactly. So, so I mean, it's a, it's a it's nice because you don't have to have a lot of transitions in a cigar this size. Yeah. Now maybe the bigger ones have better transitions. I don't yeah. know. Not that it's bad. It's just got a lot of. It's just got a very similar note all the way through. It does. Now when you get towards the end of the final third, you get a little bit more of the pepper, a little bit more of that. Most of that's probably just coming from the heat. Um, but it's actually a really nice pairing. Um, we'll have this out here again, uh, final third for the pairing of the week, mm-hmm. giving you a nice discount on the pairing. Um, the cigar itself is just under 14 bucks. The whiskey is, so you're looking at probably about $25, $28 normal yeah. discount yeah. on the pairing. Um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a little bit more expensive than last week's. But, again, it's a really nice pairing. I it think is. you guys are going to like it. Yeah. So thanks a lot, guys. Um, we will be, uh, yeah, can't think of my words right now. But go ahead. You, you, you finish this out. <laughs> thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, if you want to find us, you can find us at FinalThirdCigar.com. Yep. yep. And uh, there you can find our event our events page, which I'm not sure Rob has updated quite yet. No. So maybe don't look at that. I maybe. will be getting it updated because we have some events coming up. We have uh, Tony Katz and Fingers Malloy coming out, and they're going to be here with Mickey, Mickey Peg from All Saints. Yeah. That's going to be a blast of a night in October. Be so. gentle with us, though, because it's going to be a packed night. It's going to be a packed night. So, so yeah. But yeah, you can find you can find me at Final Third Cigar on Instagram, and you can find me at the Whiskey Pastor on yeah. Instagram. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, guys, and come on out and see us, and have a great rest of your week. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. Well, all right, that's our guys, Broccoli Rob and Isaiah, over there in Ingalls, Indiana, right by uh, Indianapolis. And uh, for those of you who haven't been by the Final Third uh, Cigar and Whiskey Lounge. They just added on their cigar maybe about a month or two ago, and uh, they've got live music going on over there. It's a fantastic place. So if you're ever in, in the Indianapolis area, say that three times fast, in the Indianapolis area, uh, make sure you swing on up to uh, Ingalls, Indiana, and check out the Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge. So um, now, Barry, what... Real quick, I don't want to keep you too long. I mean, it's up to you how much time you've got and everything. I know mosquitoes are an issue. They're not out yet, so I'm still good. All right. You brought up something that I have been wanting to ask you about for the longest time, which is your time as a private investigator, and I believe you did some bodyguard work, and then your time with America's Most Wanted. Mm-hmm. Dude, so, like, talk to us about that. Like, what all kind of stuff did you do for, like... I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin. Like, wh- talk to us about that. Like, what all was involved? So I started going to a, a cigar shop in Brooklyn that I eventually became partners in. And I was rehabbing a knee injury. And I was filling in my friend's video store just to, just to not go stir crazy at home. I mean, you had a chair behind the counter. I didn't really have to walk. At the end of the night, the stuff that had to go back on the shelves when his father would come to count out the register because they were old school like that were the only people that can make the bank deposits the father would put the stuff back so there was no effort but every now and then sitting on the chair my knee would bother me i'd go stand out and every day at 3 30 this kid eric would walk by the shop you should come to the cigar shop i'd be smoking cigarettes and then he didn't see me for a month where you've been for a month i said i had pneumonia i had to stop smoking he goes well you should still come by for a cigar well, eventually I cave in and I 
go join him for a cigar and I have my first cigar and this this place had had the image of being a wise guy gangster place. Okay. So much to the point where the Brooklyn DA would get off the bus, would cross the street, walk past the shop, and then cross back over just not to be photographed in front of the place. But meanwhile, it was owned by three retired cops. Okay. So we're sitting there one day, and uh, one of the owners goes to me, are you good with computers? I'm like, yeah, prove it. So next day, I won't say on air, but I'll tell you later Okay. how I proved it. And he's like, all right, you want to do, um, you know, I do private investigative work. You want to do PI work for me? Sure. So he gives me all this stuff to research and what have you. And he goes, uh, all right, your information was valid. Gives me a check. I was like, oh, this is impressive. And a month goes by and he goes, watch America's Most Wanted tonight. I'm like, holy shit, this is the shit you had me research. Which wound up in an arrest. Wow. So he's like, I want you to start doing this for me on a regular basis. And uh, you'll actually be a subcontractor. You, you'll work through me, but you'll be paid by America's Most Wanted. And I'm all in. So I, I used to do a lot of cases for him. I would start traveling around the country to, with him to various cases. I've been to 48 of the 50 states with him. Uh, and then he picked up a client overseas. I used to go overseas. But a lot of the stuff I used to do was the the, the research stuff, the, uh, the background stuff. Um, <clears throat> case in point is uh, it's past seven years was uh, an artist that might've been doing copyright infringement. And I was able to research and find that he was doing infringement. Um, so a lot of mine was on the research side of it. Okay. Um, but you know, I did carry, you know, I, we've also had cases with uh, Homeland security. Uh, one of my favorite cases that I love to talk about is uh, let's see, I've been in New Hampshire for seven. I was in Miami for five. This is one of the last things I worked on. So we're talking about 12 to 14 years ago. Okay. There was a government study of children born to drug addicted parents. And the government allowed the drug addicted parent to keep the child. And they would follow the parents one year, three year, five year, and 10 years down the road to see if having a kid straightened their life out and all that. And uh, in true government fashion, they lost track of a majority of people involved in the study. Of course they did. Of course. So they hired people in the Northeast. They hired people in the Mid-Atlantic. They hired people in the Southeast, all the different regions in the U.S. So we would research and find people. And the, and the greatest story I ever found was this, this drug-addicted parent that gave birth to a child, straightened her life out, and was about to uh, graduate college as a lawyer. That's fantastic. That was the best part. But we we were able to close out 43% of the cases. Wow. The government told us we were too successful, and they ended the contract. <laughs> uh well, you would true story. Think, you would think the government would want you to be that successful. <laughs> yes, you know? true story. Uh. They say everybody else is operating under 10%. You're too successful. Oh. And they killed the contract. So bizarre. So bizarre. And then in terms of your body work, I mean, like, so, like, 
your bodyguarding work. So like, what, what did that, I mean, are you like the guy that's like going in front of people and having to take bullets for people or like, I mean, you know, I, I joke around with my former business partner. I would take a bullet for him and, uh, Dave, my boss, current boss, had the honor of meeting him, and he told him Barry's the most loyal guy he'll ever meet. You'll meet. He would have taken a bullet for me. So, true story. But, you know, a lot of it is fear. You know, we had this one client who would travel to the Middle East all the time, and she was a person of means, and she was always terrified for her life. And she just wanted an entourage to go with. I but the, major- the, the majority of people that hire bodyguards don't really need a bodyguard. It's their own fear. Yeah. You know, and so it, 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 being a PI, being a bodyguard sounds much more glamorous than it is. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it was the reason that allowed me to get to 27 countries. It was, you know, the PI stuff allowed me to get to 48 of the 50 states. You know, I live in New Hampshire. The two states I haven't been to is Vermont, which is right fucking next door, and Hawaii. <laughs> and Hawaii. And now it's become such a joke. I don't want to go to Vermont. Yeah. Because when you tell people, well, what two states haven't you been to? And I'm here in New Hampshire. Well, one is Vermont. They're like, what the fuck? It's an hour and a half drive. That's the whole reason why I don't go. Which is why I think Jonathan doesn't watch The Godfather, because it's the reaction he it's gets. the people. reaction he gets. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, well... That's something he and Gator have in common. Jeff still hasn't watched The Godfather either. He keeps quoting Family Guy and says that it insists on itself. And I'm just like, dude, it's a good movie. You need to watch Anyway, whatever. Well, that's got to be cool. I mean... Uh, I was hoping you would this, this this final third pairing thing would be liquor because, like, the best bourbon I've ever had... Yeah. Chicken cock. <laughs> I, I enjoy sucking down the chicken cock. <laughs> it, it is probably this bourbon that's so under the radar, people haven't heard of. Okay. And I bought it as a joke because I went to a barbecue where there were people that I didn't know. And I'm like, all right, this is a great icebreaker. Yeah. I brought a bottle of chicken cock. <laughs> and we opened it up and we all sipped it and we were like, I don't want to admit it, but I really like chicken yeah. cock. <laughs> and it, it was just such a good bourbon. So I'm like, all right, final third pairing. I'm like, all right, I'm going to chuck about chicken cock. I mean, to me, that's more interesting than the PI stuff. <laughs> well, I'll give you that. You have a habit of the of coming up with some really creative, you know, double entendres, and sometimes not even so much double entendres, just like <laughs> right on the nose, just you know, blue humor. I mean, the yeah, I, we I actually had somebody tell Dave at the trade show two weeks ago that Barry needs to cut back on the double entendres. God, they haven't listened to our show then. I mean, my God. Do, do, you, do you know what the Cigar Authority is about? It's about my fifth grade humor. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You know, it, it's like when you're sitting around a cigar lounge, um, it's guys cracking stupid jokes and, and yeah. being blue and whatever else. I mean, so, you know, yeah, it's it, you're going to get that kind of stuff. And I don't know. I mean, at least for us, one of the things that we like is that we like to do at least is, you know, there's plenty of people that um, maybe they don't have a lounge near them or maybe they're not, you know, smoking in a lounge. Maybe they're smoking on their deck or at home or whatever. And so we're kind of like bringing that that experience of the conversation in the lounge to them kind of thing. And that's, that, that's the way I look at your show. That's the way I look at our show. It's bringing the cigar lounge to the people that 
don't necessarily have the cigar lounge near them to have that experience. For sure. And, and granted, it's not for everybody, you know. The, you know, going to a dive bar isn't for everybody. You know, some people like the hoity-toity 63rd floor overlooking the big city, you know, proper bar slash restaurant. And some yeah. people like, you know, and, and it's the same thing with the cigar industry. There are, there, you know, if you look at the top of the sixes, the Havana Club, you know, that was, you know, you had to wear a shirt and uh, a sport jacket and a collared shirt. But then you look at, you know, I'm, I'm sure Riverman's like that to a degree the lounges and two guys are like that you know it's just it's, it's to a degree it's a lot it's a locker room yeah. with a little bit more decor well, just a little bit more decorum a little bit at times i mean you know depending if a if, woman walks in you're gonna tone it down a little bit well, right for sure for sure you right. know but in a locker room i don't know if you would uh, tone it down a little bit so that's where the, the little difference is a little bit but no you're right i mean you know riverman it's it's a it's a I like to say that it's it's that comfortable little corner shop, neighborhood shop where, you know, they got some chair, they got a lounge in the back where you could sit and watch the game and have your cigar or, you know, the guys coming in and doing the, the you know, just come in, buy and go kind of thing. I mean, everybody's welcome and comfortable, and, yeah. you know, and but you're right. I mean, there's those places like, um, you know, like uh, the, the higher end folk, like the. I don't know. I mean, I've never been to Rocky Patel's Burn out there in Indianapolis or any of the other. So I've been to I've been to the one in Naples. Yeah. You know it. It. You know, I I went there with Dan Tion. I went with Nick Peretta, who's a cigar guy down in uh, in in Southwest Florida. Yeah. And you know we're in our group, and it's the blue collar. Double entendre sense of humor. Yeah. But yeah. then the way it's set up, there's people on the other side of the, the bar or the lounge talking about million dollar stock trades. So, so and the place is big enough that there's a little bit of both. Yeah. Well, and, and that's and that's where that that's actually a really valid point, because that's kind of how I differentiate in my mind about different places. Like here in St. Louis, we've got a place, uh, Stanley's. And it's very similar to that where, you know, it's a bar, it has cigars, and, you know, it, the seating is set up in such a way that different groups can all be there. They can interact with each, you know, themselves in the group, but they're not necessarily interacting with other groups. Whereas, like, at least at Riverman, the way the seating is set up, you know, you can, you, you're you kind of all together in one conversation. And so... You know, you you can have little side conversations, but other other people might be hearing it. You know, it's not like you're having a pri- totally private conversation. Yeah, I mean the way the two guys' places are set up. I mean, uh, the Nashua location. There, there's four chairs sat sat around a coffee table, but they'll they'll spread it out and open it up that you'll have twelve people around the coffee table. Yeah, but yet on the other side of the room, the, the, there's a couple of chairs that if you don't really want to be a part of the group conversation, you can venture off to your, to yourself or with uh, the person you came to meet. But I mean, the greatest thing about a cigar shop to me is cigars are a great equalizer. Yep. You know, I, I, you know, I used to hang out in New York city, you know, like I told you, I was a blue collar paycheck to paycheck guy. And you'd be having cigars with a guy that handles, you know, multi-million dollar hedge funds, but over cigars, you were the same people. For sure, you you would find a common bond. You know, I, I think if you put Putin in the head of Ukraine in a room together with cigars, they'd come out with a peace accord. 
<laughs> I will say a lot of world issues are settled in cigar lounges every day. It's just nobody's listening to us. Exactly. You know, we we all know how to fix everything. It's just a matter of somebody actually coming in and asking all of us. So that's a valid point. Now, over there at Two Guys, you handle the online uh, organization, correct? Yeah, I, I do the updates of the twoguyscigars.com. I do the updates of the Cigar Authority. I do the product photography. If you're calling in and order the twoguyscigars.com, 95% of the time, I'm the asshole answering the phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, everything, everything two guys media related, that's me. So now during COVID, obviously, you know, smoking picked up. So I'm sure the yeah. online ordering, you know, was, was huge. Yep. Um, have you seen any sort of, and not to get into like Dave's personal business or anything, but like, no. has there been any sort of slowdown or anything now that COVID regulations have kind of, I mean, I know we're, you know, where we are with it, but, um, you know what I mean? Like, has, has there been any sort of slowdown now that COVID regulations have kind of relaxed a little bit? People are able to get back out again. So online, I have not seen a slowdown. With the exception of this month. Okay. This month, I am starting to see it. So I don't know if July 2022 is an anomaly. I, I would need to see it happen again in August and September. Yeah. Um, it's still, the trajectory is still up, but I'm seeing the guys that would order two $200 boxes, order two hundred forty dollar boxes so is that you th I, I so okay now that brings up an interesting question then so do you think that has more to do with their personal finances or that they're smoking it doesn't sound like they're smoking less if they're still ordering two boxes i think it's i think everybody's starting to see it um i don't know how it is in missouri but up here in new hampshire they just Increase the electric rates by double the delivery rates. Yeah. The gas, they just did double as well. I'm assuming if it's happening here in New Hampshire, it's happening in other parts of the country. For sure. If you, the, the raise of go, you know, we, we used to be $140 at the grocery store is now two and change. And I'm thinking, all right, I'm spending more elsewhere. So I need to cut back somewhere. You know, I haven't had anybody say I need to stop smoking. But I've had people call up and ask, hey, instead of a $12 cigar, you know what I smoke. Is there anything in the $8 range that I would like? Okay. So I'm, I'm seeing people starting to be a little bit more budget conscious. Um, so, yeah, I'm starting to see something. I don't know if it's just July is an anomaly. You just We just got through graduations. Um that's true. Summer too. Yeah. Right. Summer vacations, you know, will rebound again in August, September. I am always a glass half full type of guy. I think it will. Um, but uh, ask me, did, you know, even if it's not on the show, ask me again in October and I'll let you know. All right. I'll be curious to know. Well, I'll be up there for the uh, anniversary party in September. So I will uh, I look forward to it. I'll man. ask that. Oh, me too. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, uh, I need to still book everything but um yeah, I, if you uh, fly into mht I'll, I'll gladly pick you up and drop you off well i appreciate that um and i actually i'm actually surprised you haven't heard any planes fly overhead because <laughs> i'm literally less than a quarter of a mile from the airport 
Well, you pick so, and see. You've done the work. You you've obviously deflected the air traffic away from you for the show. Meanwhile, I have the the lawnscaping crew coming yeah. and, and doing all the work right there. Meanwhile, it's such a small airport that in the course of a given day, there's probably sixteen landings and sixteen takeoffs. Okay. So, and it's a calm, still night, and instead of being east west, they're probably north south tonight. There you go. Well, sounds good. Well, Barry, I really appreciate you taking time out to speak with us tonight. And uh, is there anything that you want to touch on uh, while we're uh, before I get into the final business of everything? Yeah, I mean, uh, you might not get the the cigar talk that you get with uh, Jonathan or Dave, but you're going to get the cigar lounge talk with me. Um, I'm an opinionated person. I, I get that everybody's not going to like me. Uh, I'm a passionate person about the cigar industry. Um, so hopefully if I didn't piss you off, check out two guys, cigars.com when you're not checking out Riverman cigars. There you go. Well, why don't we go ahead and learn about, uh, my monthly cigars. This would normally be the time that I give some information about my monthly cigars, but I've hired that out this week. So take it away. My monthly cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks. Thanks. Everybody gives me (laughs) so much grief about the thanks at the end. It's like, thanks. Oh, yeah. I can see why. Yeah, well, you know. And then we're available on Instagram at The Cigar Pulpit, as well as at Naked Gator, N-E-K-K-I-D Gator. We're also on Facebook, where we have the Cigar Pulpit Parishioners Group, where everybody likes to bust my balls about various things. Right now, it's about putting ketchup on fried fish. And uh, on, we're on Twitter. A, what? I'm sorry? Not a, it's not a bad thing. No, I, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's what it is, you know? Fr- fried fish. French fry. You put ketchup on French fries. Bingo. Why not put ketchup on fried fish? Bingo. I mean, I wouldn't put it on. You're not putting it on the fish. You're putting it on the batter. I wouldn't put it on baked fish. I wouldn't put it on any other kind of fish. But fried fish? Heck yeah, I'd put it on there. And and I also, tartar sauce. I would do tartar sauce as well. I mean. I I, I totally support your decision for ketchup on fried fish. Thank you, Perry. Because it's not much different than putting it on a French fry. Exactly. They're both fried. Exactly. Thank you. I see. Thank you. You got my back on this. <laughs> and we're on Twitter where we don't really do jack shit except for uh, share Instagram posts. And then uh, YouTube where you can watch this fun stuff. And then, guys, we need your questions for Ask the Boys for Tuesday. So give us a call on the hotline. Area code 863-874-0000. And where can everyone get in touch and follow you, Barry? Uh, you can follow me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash a cigar smoker. Uh, you can follow us at uh, twoguyscigars.com on Facebook. Just look for twoguyscigars.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Barry Two Guys. That's the number two, G U Y S. It's not a preference, it just happens to be the name of the <laughs> shop. And you can find us on MeWe, where we have a, uh, a really close knit community of cigar smokers. Um, there's a chat feature. To, uh, great place just to hang out and get a little bit of that cigar lounge experience 
when our shows aren't on. You know, I'm on MeWe, and I just, but I don't get on there nearly as often as I should. I really like getting on there and chatting with everybody sometimes, but it's just, I, you know, it's. Do you like fantasy football? We need one more team. Oh, I'm so bad at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. you're, so you're sitting there going, yes, please join. But no, yeah. I'm, I'm bad at I that. I got 11. We need 12 teams. I'm having such a hard time finding the 12th team. Really? You've got so many people yeah. in that group. I would have thought somebody would have stepped up. Yeah, most of them are like Jonathan, and they don't like the sports. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So real quick, then I'm going to throw you the other one One must go that I was going to do. Um, yep. But I, I had two of them picked out. And uh, so this is probably the way I thought it was going to go, but go ahead. What? I thought you were going to go one must go, Dave, Jonathan, <laughs> yourself, Ed Sullivan. Well, no, because you'd pick yourself, so you were off on Saturday. So um. <laughs> <laughs> you know me well. There you go. No, I was going to say Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, or Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Really? This is a pompous douchebag. <laughs> See, it's funny. Coming from St. Louis, we feel that way about Tom Brady, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, you, you know, right? you look at Tom Brady's career. Oh, I respect the game. No no controversy whatsoever. He's oh, come on he's now. The, Wait a the, minute. Wait no, a the, flake gate, the flake gate was proven to be scientifically... Not an issue. There was video gate back when they played the Rams. That's was that- Bill Belichick. That's, that's not true. Tom Brady. That's, I'll give you that. Okay. That's All not right. Tom Brady. Tom Brady to me is Derek Jeter of football. Okay. You know, if you're still hanging on to the flake gate, you haven't even seen the part that the NFL acknowledged that they might have been wrong. <laughs> He's a unanimous Hall of Fame guy. Oh, I don't doubt that. I, you but know. It, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, it. it it's just there's something psychologically off about him. Okay. I mean. Perceived, allegedly. Okay. I mean. Don't sue me. <laughs> I was going to say, we're going we're gonna to have all the guys coming to your place doing discount double check and being like, Rogers, you know, outside your door. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So we can at least agree on Peyton Manning and Joe Montana that they got to stay. They got to stay. I think Brady was better than Montana. Ooh, now there's an interesting thought. I mean, that's the biggest argument. Who is the greatest of all time? The old school people would make an argument for Montana. Then oh, it's a different new game. school people. It's yeah, a it's different totally game. Different I game. mean, like quarterbacks got their clocks cleaned and yeah. in, in back in Montana's day. You know, yeah, and you got the tuck rule that was put in because of Brady and what have you. But Brady, Brady, Brady is the is the greatest football player of all time. Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time, and Derek Jeter is the greatest baseball player of all time. So you know he's not going to give you the 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 the, the you know seven hundred home runs and what have you, but even Red Sox fans can't find fault with the way he played the game. <laughs> so then, in terms of Brady. Um, you know, obviously he went down to Tampa and he's doing really well down there. Um, at what point do you feel like he should, I mean, I guess it's obviously his decision, but like, do you, do you think he ought to be hanging it up soon? I I thought he should have hung it up this year or even last year. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, he's going to play till he gets his bell rung or seriously hurt. Yeah. Um, that's an issue. 
Um, I really but he's, felt- a compet- he's a competitor. I get it. I mean, if I had a wife that looked like Giselle, I'd want to be home all the time. But <laughs> I really feel like after he won that Super Bowl down in Tampa, that was the time to go. That was it. Yeah. Retire you know? on top. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know if he's going to win another. You know, Gronk is retired. He's not coming back. Yep. Um, yeah. I think he should have retired on top of the game. All right. Well, so we got a bonus one there. That's good. Well, there we go. Well, Barry, and, see, well, go ahead. by the way, the third one, I would have voted Ed Sullivan off the island. <laughs> We've already replaced the producer once. We can replace it a third time. See, I like Ed Sullivan's dry wit. He kind of just yeah. comes out of nowhere and just strafe attacks you guys. It's like you kind of forget that he's there, and then all of a sudden, boom, he comes in and just like drops yep. a bomb on one of you and just zooms back out. You know, yeah, and that's that's the way he is even off the show. <laughs> that's fantastic. You're like you're laughing, like wait a minute, you just took a shot at me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Well, Barry, okay, sorry I derailed the end of the show. You no, continue. dude, don't worry about it. Um, like I said, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate it. Anytime, I, I will gladly come on. Um, like I said, I, I might not offer. Uh, the cigar knowledge that Dave does, I might not offer you the weird tasting notes Jonathan has, but I will bring the cigar lounge experience to your show anytime you want it. We should create, you know how like, like everybody has like these weird secondary shows and all that. Yeah. We, we should have the pulpit authority. Will we recap what we smoked during the week? I like that idea. I like that idea. We could make that happen. Let's discuss it. We can talk about that. I like that idea. Make it something a little little extra, a little special there. I like it. A little, little 30-minute podcast, yeah. video cast. You know, recap what we've heard in the industry, what we smoked that week. Just throwing it out there. I like that idea. I like that idea. Well, maybe you can actually get me drinking a little bit here and there once in a while, too, because, you know, I don't... I don't, I don't do much of that, you know, so I like it. I like it. Well, Barry, seriously, man, thank you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure. My pleasure, man. Take All care. Right. Be well. Well, guys, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. I'm Barry. That's Barry. Everybody. Yeah, Gator was too important to be with us. Yeah, you know, that happens on Fridays these days. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky. See ya. Music play out there.